Software is mostly optimism held together by bullshit. Just so you know. Just so you're perfectly aware. I fucking hate Windows. I hate computers. And software is shit-covered jank covered by bullshit and marketing. Just so you know. Because, you know, nothing changes. Nothing changes. I even, you know what? I even I don't even shut down my computer. I just hibernate it. And do you know why I hibernate it? I hibernate it because shit changes and for no reason whatsoever. Nothing changed. So then I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll, up, uh, there's an update for XSplit. I'll do that. So then I do that. But then it's like, no, 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 you got to close these 19,000 applications and all of your malware detection in order for me to install some weird update. And it's like, okay, well, just do that. No, I'm afraid I can't. You're going to have to reboot. Oh, okay, I'll reboot. Okay, well, I'm going to apply the update, but it's going to take forever and it's going to freeze. Okay, I'll reboot again. Okay, well, now I've applied the update. Got to update your add-ins. Okay, do that. Okay, but now it's shuddery anyway. So, no, no, this is a great PC. I got 16 gigs of RAM. I got a 16-core multi-thread AMD Ryzen. I got good stuff, man. I don't skimp when it comes to the show. I'm just telling you that uh, it's the great slowdown. It's the great slowdown. Man, do you ever notice this? Everything takes forever. People don't call you back. When you call people up and they try to repeat your address back to you, you might as well be on Mars because they've got incomprehensible accents and bad audio. Come on, people. If you're in a call center, just get a decent microphone. I don't want to hear somebody like this when you're trying to read me back a member. Completely insane. The, because I'm old enough to remember when the world actually fucking worked. I rem, I'm old enough to remember when the world actually worked. Things got done. Things improved. Things worked well. But uh, now, no, everything's slowing down. Everything's getting crappy. IQ is dropping. Engineers are not being hired on merit. East Asians can't get into. (laughs) It's funny, apparently saying that the China virus came from China is racist. But actively crushing East Asian IQ scores and SAT scores so they can't get into university, totally fucking fine. Totally, totally fine. We live. It's actually an insult to call it clown world because at least clowns could be entertaining. It's like it clown world. That's uh, that's all it is. Yeah, I miss Windows 2000. I miss being able to boot up a computer and have it work when I had 640K of RAM. Now they just layer on more and more hardware on worse and worse code so that everything breaks faster. That's all we've got. <laughs> going on in the computer world at the moment. So let's, uh, let me just do a wee bit of an intro here and then I will um, bring, bring the caller in. Thank you for your patience. I appreciate it. If it's any, um, if it's any uh, consolation, it's, uh, it's annoying as shit to have things not work, especially when you've set them up. Everything's to be working fine, ready to roll, but no, I'm shuddering. Why am I shuddering? Absolutely no reason. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. I hibernated the computer. Anyway, so we'll have to let that go. And hey, did you guys, uh, I guess first question, first question is um, hit me with a why, hit me with a why, if you would like the free domain OnlyFans channel. I'm just taking my shirt off right now. There you go. Nip slip. Do you find yourself titillated, encouraged, deeply, deeply stimulated in a vague engineering-based 
sluicey flashlight buzzing sound way. Are you interested? Now, I assume that most of you have only for noting. <laughs> I just want more person to add. So you got in the first why? Okay, so OnlyFans? Would now tell me tell me what the free <laughs> Tell me what the free debates OnlyFans. Just give me, you know, work with me, baby. Work with me. Work with me. Work me over. Work me over. So because you know, this is the kind of show we obviously want to have a happy ending. Boom! So what do you want to see? <laughs> in the OnlyFans, in the Freedom and OnlyFans channel. I can do things like dance moves. I can do things like uh, thong karaoke. <laughs> I can do things like I'll be, I'll be working out in slow motion while doing philosophy shows. There's so many possibilities and options, all of which will stay within the law and my very strict marital um, boundaries. But uh, I am happy to hear what your guys' thoughts are. Or it could just be, yeah, this is some other premium content place. Because you, you can go to unauthorized.tv. You can sign up for me there. You can sign up for me, freedomain.locals.com. I do premium stuff out there. And sometimes, like, the shows will go out only there. Sometimes the show will goes out, well, the shows will go out early there. But if we're going to talk OnlyFans, what are we going to... What would satisfy you, my friends? What would leave you smoking a cigar, looking back and saying, well, that's the best... 12 minutes I've ever had. Stream your treadmill authoring. <laughs> you can truth about IQ. Yeah, that's going to be another uh, NFT, truth about IQ. I've already completed it, uh, and uh, two hours of really shocking information about IQ, but it'll probably be an NFT. Stream an egg. Yeah. Tommy Sotomayor has one, and it's elite without showing things. Yeah, look, obviously, I mean, who wants to see my 54-year-old dad bod? other than, you know, my wife. But So I get that. It's not exactly going to be a titillating thing for that, I guess, unless you're into some sort of uh, um, grandpa thing, <laughs> which please don't tell me if you are. Yeah, stream my treadmill authoring. That's pretty wild. Auction your fur glove. Ooh. See, I'm concerned that if I auction my fur glove, people will be able to use, uh, use the DNA embedded therein to create a master race of uh, speckled-headed speckled philosophers. So that obviously is uh is a big is a big challenge the possibilities are literally uh endless the truth about only fans on only fans no oh, interesting the possibilities are all endless now let's just uh, whip back here and see how many people are uh interested in the uh in the only fans ah, very interesting yeah it looks like qu quite a <laughs> quite a few why? Oh, uh, yeah, that's a W-H-Y. Yeah, so basically, it seems to be pretty unanimous. And uh, the gif of me dancing topless um, seems to be doing pretty well, always shows up in these streams. So, yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, I knew it would happen, right? I knew it would happen. Could you imagine if I got banned from OnlyFans? <laughs> I'm too edgy for OnlyFans. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, I think the only way, can you get banned from OnlyFans? Uh, if you're, I don't know. Uh, that would be pretty something else. Pretty something else, right? So, Twitch might actually unban you if you start doing hot tub philosophy. Well, you know, it's funny because one of the things that I would have um, uh, gotten uh, banned for was for talking. I did a presentation early last year, the case against China, as to why we knew that 
the overwhelming evidence is, of course, it came from a lab in Wuhan. Of course, it came from a lab in Wuhan. And so, uh, but this, of course, was verboten. You couldn't speak of it. And so I'm sure that's one of the things that contributed to my banning. And now, of course, uh, everyone and their dog is like, yeah, pretty much came from the lab in Wuhan. <laughs> yeah, of course it did. Oh, of course it did. It's uh, just a matter of uh, probability, right? So let's see here. I just want to do Unreal Tournament headshots only. I'm pretty sure those wouldn't be the only headshots on OnlyFans. I'm not entirely positive, but I'm sure that would be. Post your unpublished videos on OnlyFans. Yeah. You can count me three times. Ooh. Ooh. Why doesn't Steph have any pets? Um, I've had a couple of pets that my daughters liked, but... Um, when I traveled a lot for speeches and documentaries, it was pretty, pretty tough. We want to see shirtless Steph talking about philosophy, really, from a reproductive sexual perspective, of course. Yeah. Maybe. Please don't make me create an OnlyFans account. <laughs> well, nobody's making you, but you could. Too spicy for OnlyFans t-shirt ex <laughs> exclusively on free domain. Got to see whether or not you end up banned on OnlyFans so it can be added to your Wikipedia article. Man, wouldn't that be a just wild thing if our society was so degenerate that women dropping various fruit baskets out of their vaginas would be totally fine but me talking about reason and evidence would be bannable that would be like nail in the coffin for the west right mm. yes people want to see the mug snailed it i do i do like me a uh only fans will ban you if you post your truth about marriage video yeah yeah i bet I bet. Is COVID actually real? I wouldn't mind seeing them actually show me a picture of the virus at one time or another. That would be fine. All right. What would the purpose of using OnlyFans other than just as a funny joke? Are you saying that there needs to be a purpose other than the fact that it's just a funny joke? <laughs> I have a scuba fetish. Wow, that's, that's deep, man. Deep and, and bubbly. Steph has a fruit basket. Detream. I don't know what that means. Uh, do it for the meme. Yeah, it's worth uh, it's worth them. There were there was some free domain merchandise in the past. I yelled at my audience way back in the day because everyone was like, "I love your merchandise. Get me some merchandise." So I spent a lot of time and effort and worked with people to create a merchandise. Then nobody ordered it, and it was like, "You you d bags, <laughs> don't lead me down the garden path, right?" Um, I think it was Sargon or something who started posting his regular content to Pornhub when he was banned from everything. And then did they ban him? That's a, it's a lot of beard. Can we have more merchandise? Uh, you know, I doubt it. I doubt I'll get around to any of that. Okay, okay so listen, let's, let's just do a wee intro and then we'll talk about, um, we'll talk with the listener. Thanks for your patience. So, do you, do you guys, did you notice uh, what the Biden spending plan is that he just signed off on? Did you, did you see? Give, give me a number. Give me a number of billion. Number of billions that was the federal government's going to spend this fiscal year coming up. Anybody, uh, anybody want to put a, put a number in there for us? Anybody want to put a number? Six gorillion? Uh, Dillion Quill was my daughter's maximum number when she was little. Eight, six trillion, six thousand billion, nine hundred billion. Nine hundred billion barely covers the... Um, the armed forces. So it's six trillion dollars, six trillion dollars of spending because they've got the magic wand called, well, we're just going to use this to achieve equality. So it's totally fine that 
Chinese banks who now own your children's kidneys going forward. So it's six trillion, and uh, all I can say is, Joe, you fucking chicken. What are you doing? You chicken? Six trillion? You call that a budget? Come on, man. Seven trillion, eight trillion, ten, twenty, fifty trillion. Now you're talking about a budget. What the hell are you monkeying around? Down at the level six. My God, what's the matter with you? Have some gumption behind your addiction to Keynesian monetary theory, to modern monetary theory, to MMT. I'm debating that this weekend on the show. Yeah, like, what's the matter with you? If you can just create wealth by creating money, why on earth would you stop at $6 trillion? That's like, you go to the lottery, you win a lottery ticket, and it's type whatever you want. You've won whatever you want. Type whatever you want into your lottery ticket winnings. Type anything, man, anything you want. And you type uh, 12 bucks? Yeah, 12 bucks should get me a cab ride home. That's it. You write 12 bucks or six bucks. What is the matter with you? I mean, if you are in a Disney movie and you come across a lamp and you rub the lamp, I'm sure that's going to be on the OnlyFans channel too. You rub the lamp and a genie pops out and says, I can grant you three wishes and ixnay on the wishing for more wishes. Three wishes. And you say, well, I don't know, um, three wishes. Boy, that's a lot. I wish for only one wish, and that wish is that it snows a little on the North Pole tomorrow for 20 minutes. Like, wish big, man. Dream big. Dream. Believe in yourself. Believe in your dreams. Believe in your fantasies, man. It should be 60 trillion. What is the matter with you? Why are you thinking so small, so constrained, so anal? Is your imagination constipated? Do you need to, like, blow it out with some emodium or something like that? Like what happened to me when I lived in a frat house. Wasn't part of the frat, lived in a frat house, and they thought it was really funny to spice everybody's food with laxatives. So, yeah, I'm just, like, what, what, is, what is the matter? I don't understand these Democrats. Like, dream big, man. Go big or go home. Like, why would you stick with $6 trillion? See, they say, they say, oh, my God. Um, oh, and by the way, when they announced $6 trillion, Bitcoin went down. What is it cooking around 43K Canadian at the moment, which just shows you what kind of blowback we're going to get over time with regards to Bitcoin. Oh, my God. So they're announcing a $6 trillion budget. The economy has been crippled. The middle class and the small business owners have been gutted like Gollum with a herring and... People are like, oh, yeah, massive budget, way more than they're taking in taxes, massive overextending, massive hyperspending. Yeah, we should probably sell some Bitcoin. <laughs> probably sell some Bitcoin. Oh, my God. What is the matter? I don't understand. Like, just uh, good. Well, first of all, it's good that they're starting at six. But, man, I got to challenge you on this. You, you got to raise that. You got to get those are rookie numbers, man. You got to get those numbers up there. You gotta believe in yourself. You gotta believe in your theory. Gay Keynes was right. Just go full tilt, man. You don't even need to print. Say, oh, printing press is going brutal. No, you just type whatever you want. They won the lottery called central banking and they're only ty- typing $6 trillion into their own bank account. What is the matter with you? Just go. 
Do it. Do it. Stop screwing around and start spending some real money. Real, I mean, not real money. You know what I mean. But some serious money. Start spending some serious money. It's like the economy is Michelle Pfeiffer in her prime and you're taking her to fucking Arby's? Are you kidding me? She's like, we're talking Michelle Pfeiffer, pre-Lady Hawk arrow in the shoulder, 1987. Michelle Pfeiffer in her absolute alabaster goddess prime, and you finally get a date with her, and you're going to take her to Pita Pit. (laughs) No, actually, I like Pita Pit. Arby's, Arby's. Popeye's is a restaurant that I could never quite get behind. So, yeah, it's just... um, just very, very sad. It's very sad that they don't believe in their own theories enough. I, look, you know what I want to see? I want to see a budget with a sideways fucking number eight. I want just infinity. I want to see a budget that has scientific notation to it. You know, when you jam up your 12-digit calculator with way too many multiplications and it just gives you the E plus shit? I just want to see the kind of budget where they say, total fucking wish list, no means of paying, whatever we want, candy magic land. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. I just, I don't want to see any of this. Well, we're going to stop at six trillion. Ugh. It's such bullshit. Just go, man, go. So, what they say, of course, they want to spend all this money on. What do they want to spend all this money on? Oh, yeah, if you can share the live stream, I'd appreciate it. So what I want to spend the money on is um, equality. So they want to get to equality. <laughs> because, you see, bribery of the incompetence is too obvious a statement. So they've got to say equality, right? Equality. And um, which means that the people who didn't do as well should get more resources from the people who did better. The people who didn't do as well should get resources from the people who did better. You know, the way that, because that's a principle, right? So the way that the Republicans... Like the Democrats said to the Republicans, oh, you didn't get enough votes? We'll give you some because you did poorly and therefore you should get the resources that we got through doing better. Now, of course, they would never think of donating their votes to the Republicans, but they can think of donating everybody's money to the incompetence in society, right? And by incompetence, I don't just mean the poor, the people who run the military-industrial complex and profit on that come fundamentally incompetent too. Asian countries are doing better for now. While the West F's up. Well, what is the birth rate in Japan and South Korea? Like 1.1 children per couple? By, by the way, in certain parts of West Africa, it's almost eight. Ah, mm. uh, uh, society. Remember when we, I was watching 2001 the other day, Space Odyssey? It's a pretty good movie. Well-paced. And I remember watching that as a kid. It came out, uh, I didn't watch it in the theaters when it first came out because I was too young, but I watched it in the 70s. And man, did I love science fiction back then because I fantasized, or we were sort of taught that we'd all, you know, get space stations and moon boots and and suborbital passenger ships and all of that. And what did we get? Massive debt, single mothers and mass immigration. Instead of that, we can't reach for the stars because we're being dragged down in the quicksand of incompetence as a whole. It's really, really tragic. So they want inequality. I'll tell you something about inequality. Inequality fucking rocks. Do you know, like, you, you like this show, right? You love this show. You love this conversation. You love philosophy. Now, do you know why 
I'm so hungry, why I'm so passionate, why I'm willing to take so many risks, <laughs> why I love doing this show and frying bacon in the nude, which you'll also get to see on my OnlyFans channel. Just kidding, you won't. There won't be any bacon. Um, it's because I started so ridiculously far back from the starting line that I just muscled my way forward like you wouldn't believe. There is nothing wrong in starting way behind the starting line. Man, does that ever make you hungry. Man, does that ever make you good. Man, does that ever give you ambition. You know, if you grow up in a middle class, upper middle class household, and I know this from most of my friends. Most of my friends when I was younger who grew up in middle class, upper middle class households, frankly, they're basic and boring and bumbling, right? They're just, I mean, you know, they've had some professional success. Some of them became professors. <laughs> boring. Boring! Um, you know, one of them became a manager of quality control at a software company. And, you know, they all did pretty well-ish. One became an architect, but still bikes around with his little fanny pack full of tiny little renovation shit. So they just didn't have the hunger. You know, the hungriest guy is the best hunter. He's got the most motive. Guy who just had a meal is lurching around, burping and farting. He doesn't really care about getting food. To start off broke, poor, welfare, trashy, single mother, crap, bottom, Dante-esque layer of social dysfunctional hell is fantastic. It's fucking great for your ambition. Imagine you're in an archery contest, right? And one guy can only pull his bow back one inch, but you can pull your bow back as far as you want. Right to that trembling edge of boing, right? Who's going to win the archery contest? The guy who's like, or the guy who's off it goes, right? Off it goes. The greater the gravity, the greater the fuel. The greater the resistance, the greater the muscle. The further back you start, like a bow, like a slingshot, the further ahead you can get. So the idea that people would say to me, well, it's just so wrong, so wrong that you started off so far back. And that, that you see is just terrible. <laughs> well, if that's true, why have I been so more successful than anybody I grew up with who started off further ahead than I did? I started pretty much the furthest back. I mean, I don't want to, it's not a big contest that I wanted to win or anything, but, you know, in hindsight, it's not something you like at the time, but because you dislike it so much, you put your muscle and your meat and your balls and your jetpack of ambition and mental acuity into propelling yourself the fuck forward. Propulsion is everything. Imagine being a baseball pitcher and you could only throw back to your ear. You could only start your throw at your ear. You get those... Weak deed, gay armed John Stewart ball throws, right? Eh. <laughs> right? But if you can throw, you can bring your arm back as oh, the further back you can bring your arm, the more whiplash, the faster you can get the ball, the better you're going to be. Starting off below the average, starting off on the left hand side of the bell curve of opportunity is great. It does not determine where you end. 
at all. And if you guys look at your adversity in your life and you can learn to love and embrace it and say, God, I was being polished. Oh, that pressure turned dusty coal into a blinding diamond. Oh, being squished down gave me greater momentum to bounce up. You know, it's like the harder you throw a rubber ball. You ever done this? You got kids around, like you throw the rubber ball and it just turns into this bouncing rubber bullet of death, which is going to hit you in the nad sooner or later and thus end your lineage. Yeah. Further you push it down, the higher it bounces. Further you trampoline, further you push it down, the higher it bounces. So this idea that, oh, some people are starting further back, some people are starting disadvantaged. Disadvantage is advantaged. You know why they call it <laughs> rag sleeves or shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in three generations? Your grandfather was in shirt sleeves, your father had a suit, you end up in shirt sleeves. The churn, the cycle. Do you want to grow up wealthy and end up poor and depressed, or do you want to grow up poor and end up wealthy and happy? Now, when you're a kid, of course, you want all of the fun stuff. You don't want to work. You don't want to have, you know, I had three jobs through high school and shit. Like, you don't want, I guess you don't want any of that, but so what? You don't want to go to the dentist either, but you do because it's good for you, right? So this issue, this issue of saying, oh my God, these people are so disadvantaged. What we need to do is just give them money. Well, it's just bribery. It's just bribery. Vote for us and we'll give you shit. It's straight up bribery. Corrupts everybody involved. <laughs> Poverty is an opportunity. And wealth very often is a calamity. Kim Kardashian, fairly smart, although she just flunked the baby bar exam, but, you know, she's a fairly smart woman, very attractive woman, grew up with immense privilege and wealth and beauty. Well, she's now getting divorced from Kanye West. What's that, the third or fourth marriage? She's going to be a single mom with a bunch of kids sailing into her mid-40s. God-awful. Absolutely God-awful. What about Scott Adams' trick of saying your goal? 15 times a day. According to Scott, even a crappy artist can become a world-famous cartoonist. Well, no, but Scott Adams is a brilliant guy. He had a good childhood, and he's a brilliant guy. And so because he doesn't understand where he sits on the bell curve of IQ, very high IQ guy, without a doubt, and a fantastic sense of humor, and he also says that he's never experienced fear, really, in his life. Okay, so he had a very supportive childhood, a very supportive mother. He's a, a brilliant guy, great sense of humor, and that's incredibly rare. And one of the things that happens is a very tempting thing. Have I ever, 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 ever told you guys how to do what I do? No, of course not. Of course not. You can benefit from philosophy. You can be philosophers, but you can't do what I do. Because I'm unique. You can do something that I can't do for sure, but I don't think that I can just sit here and say, here's how to do what I do. Think until you get great ideas. Like, you know, it's, it's like Freddie Mercury saying, well, just, you know, write great, write songs until you write incredibly great songs. Like, I don't know. Can it be reproduced? No. There is 
you know, there's this charisma on command guy who's like, here's how you can be incredibly charismatic. And he's like a fantastic looking guy. It's like, yeah, guess what? You're considered very charismatic if you're a fantastic looking guy. <laughs> anyway, so just this idea that we got to fix that we have to fix inequality, that people who are starting poor, people who are starting disadvantaged. That's where all the progress comes from. That's where all the progress in the world comes from. People who are disadvantaged and pissed off. All right. So. Yeah, I mean, this idea that some innate abilities can be transferred through language it's like saying, I'm going to talk you into being taller. I'm going to talk you into being blue-eyed. Or I'm going to talk you, talk you into being bald. And this, these are, a lot of them, it's just genetic stuff. My particular lineage, which I'm grateful for, my particular lineage is like intellectuals and philosophers going back, certainly to John Locke's time and, and before that as well. Like the men in my family, highly educated, highly verbose, highly intelligent. On my mother's side, they're all writers and poets and public speakers and intellectuals. And I just, you know, it just kind of all built to this, this thing, this beast, this disco ball, freckle-headed laser of wisdom. No, just, I can transfer the value of philosophy to you, but I can't transfer creating philosophy to you. I can tell you about UPB. I can't tell you how to create UPB other than, you know, be humble and recognize that you don't know shit about morals until you figure it out. And equality is not designed to be solved. Equality is designed to silence the successful. Equality is designed to say, oh, have you made something of yourself? Have you really fought and worked hard to, to achieve something great? Well, fuck you. Hand over your shit. And if you don't, you're clearly against equality and hate the poor. Um, can lead a horse to water but can't make him drink. I hate that phrase. Not not anything to do with you. It's like you can't you can't lead people to water. You can't. No, you, most people are far too vainglorious to think they can learn anything from anyone, and therefore they keep making the same mistakes over and over again. All right. So let me uh, go join the Telegram chat. Thank you for your patience, uh, and uh, I'm uh, glad I hung in there. I was sitting there going like, oh, forget it. I'll just do the show another time. But I'm glad we hung in there. So let's see here. Start connecting. Oh, yeah, let me remember to. Oh, yeah, I think I have. Well, yeah, let's find out. Come on, connect, baby. Your Gina Carano post got some real heat. Yeah, listen, I think she's a, I mean, obviously a very talented and intelligent woman, and she's taken some bullets for standing up to the left. I wasn't complaining about her life as a whole. It's just that, oh, let me see if I can dig this up, you know, because, you know, explaining myself always works. <laughs> it always works. So somebody posted a picture of Gina Carano, who's, uh, you know, she's got a fantastic figure, very curvy, pretty. Uh, she was an MMA fighter. She was on The Mandalorian. I've never watched it because that would mean giving the devil mouse some dollars. But she, somebody posted this meme, which people were just like thrilled about and talking about how inspiring it was and how wonderful it was. And she said, Gina Carano said, I encourage everybody to follow their dreams and stay true to themselves. Now, I'm sure she said some smarter stuff than that, but it's just like, no, she's pretty. And she's got 
vivacious fertility signals in the bust-to-hip ratio and so on. And that is, that's trash. Like, I'm not saying she's trash as a whole. I'm just saying, like, to take this statement, I encourage everybody to follow their dreams and stay true to themselves. <laughs> what does that mean? Did, did, did the Unabomber do that? Kind of think he did. So that's just trash, right? And so, yeah, I commented and said, you know, like a pretty girl just mouths these kinds of platitudes and everyone thinks they've run into Socrates. No, it's like, hold her to a good standard and she has done some great things and I'm sure she's a great person. I have no animus towards her at all. But uh, yeah, that's, you know, the fact that people are thrilled by that is because she's pretty, not because she's insightful. That's just, that's like, that's like a, that, that would be too low rent and Hallmark card for a freaking Disney commercial, so... Yeah, just the fact that one guy was like, you know, she could beat you up. It's like, yeah, probably could. Probably could. Uh, it's not an argument. <laughs> it's not an argument to say that she could beat me up. Anyway, um, but if she does beat me up, then I will uh, I will put that on OnlyFans as well. All right, let me just leave uh, the voice chat. It's not letting me connect. Let me just try it again. Connect. We might need to do it again. Connecting. See, everything's crap. Nothing works, right? It just keeps saying connecting. Playing the lottery worked for me, so it can work for you, too. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry, guys. I'm going to have to restart the chat, so just come back in because uh, it's not letting me rejoin. Why? Because uh, software is generally just shit held together by bullshit. All right. Let's try that again. Is it letting me connect at all? Come on, baby. Now, why wouldn't you let me connect? Why? Just keeps going with connecting. Settings. Uh, Nothing. All right, I might need to restart the whole app, so it won't let me do that either. So let me try that again. All right, so invoice chat, leave, yeah, yeah, because it's all everything's just crap, right? Why, why wouldn't, it, why wouldn't it work? Why? Haven't changed anything. All right, so let's try it again. Simulation glitch. Oh, the simulation bullshit. Good lord. Can't believe people, uh, people are into that crap. All right, once I killed the whole application and started it again, we are, we are live. Yeah, Zoom too, like Zoom, it's just like, yeah, we're just going to record in shit, three, seven, uh, six, 40 by 360 or whatever it is. We can't get HD. Why? What changed? Oh, and by the way, Zoom, you can record now everyone's voice individually, but it doesn't time it. It doesn't put in blanks. It's like if somebody speaks for five minutes in a two-hour show, it just gives you five minutes, doesn't tell you where to put it. It's total bullshit. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, just uh, everything's, everything's crap, yeah, except for this show and you as my lovely audience. All right. Thanks for your patience, James. I'm, I'm here for the listener. And uh, I've got most of the things off my chest. Now, I'm going to have to just double check here and uh, make sure that the speakers are working. So, yeah, James, if you want to cough in a sexy manner into my ear, uh, I'd like to hear. All right. Cough, cough, cough. Now, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Uh, let's just make sure that uh, the truth about software, because I, you know, I oh, was man. a software coder and designer for like 15 years, and uh, yeah, my stuff kind of worked. All right. That's yeah, my bag. You know, that's what I do for a living. That's what you Oof. do, right? That's what you do. Yeah. All right. Let me just, uh, I'm sure you guys can hear, because, you know, I've got the settings that say you should be able to hear. So uh, let mm. me just check here. Can you hear James? Can you hear me, chat? Can you hear us running? Can't hear me. They Can't said. hear James. Okay. Cannot hear from D Live. 
Uh, well, um, uh, right. Can you try again, James? Oh, no, that killed me too. No, that killed me. It's slightly distorted. That's lovely. I wonder if there's something wrong with my, with my computer. I had this distortion problem before. Um, well, what I could do, I've got high resolution audio here. Maybe it's, um, well, no, but my, I'm streaming high resolution audio. Hmm. Are you getting distorted uh, at all? Or is it like going too low? No, or? no, it's fine for me. Yeah, it's perfectly oh, fine okay, for me. Okay. That's just, you know, the stream, I guess. Shame. Hey, Steph, could you please talk later about how to deal with depression feeling like that now? First thing you want to do, I think when dealing with depression is review your social circle and see who's letting you be depressed and who's not intervening with everything they've got to help make you feel better because you could be depressed or you could just be surrounded by selfish people. Is it possible leftist live engineers mess you up on purpose? No, I don't think so. No, I don't never explain with malevolence that which is generally explained by incompetence. And I'm not talking about DLive here, right? Because uh, DLive is not receiving my streaming this way. Steph has some distortion on Telegram. We wouldn't have these audio problems on OnlyFans. Can you do like streams mm. with audience on OnlyFans? Is that right? Speakers. Yeah. Well, um, interesting. Uh, but So you can hear, right? Everyone says like you can hear, but it's distorted or you can't hear at all. Are they not able to hear me? That's just was that's the other thing because if they can't hear me, they won't be able to hear the caller either. This question. Yeah, it's the same same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, people people in the Telegram chat do hear me, but uh, no, yeah, Telegram we've got. Yeah, sorry. but I'm talking about D Live. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Try and pay attention to the stream, people. Ecoute, ecoute. Hello, hello. Can't, can't hear, hear your guest. guest. It sounds mm -hmm. normal to me. I hear nothing in DLive from James. My DLive is 100%. I hear fine on DLive. I just hear you, not the caller on DLive. Okay, can you hear the caller on DLive, James? Just count to 10. Yes, sorry, I got it. You know, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Nothing yet. No audio on the guest. Hmm. It's a real shame. <laughs> Okay, let me What's just, the, you know what, hang on. Yeah. I'm just going to switch yeah, yeah. to default, and then I'll just switch the um, Windows things to default. Yep, yep. All right. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't give me, like it says my, my microphone, it gives me that little line that it's working. Yeah, yeah. And uh, let's see here. Can't hear caller, but can hear Steph. Okay. Um, yep, so far. Okay. <laughs> uh, so then what I'll have to do is I'll try switching back to... Um, X split if it's not uh, working here. Oh boy! All right, all right. Well, hang on a sec though. Um, no worries. Let me try turning off high resolution audio. Maybe maybe that's got some magic. Well, no restart ain't mm -hmm. gonna help because uh, I'm trying to do this through uh, a built-in app on a website. So, okay, James, mm -hmm. we'll count to ten. One, hang on, two. Hang on. Let me just oh. tell people because they're all behind, right? Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. That's all true. right, so James will count to ten. Can you hear him? All right. All right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 
two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Anyone? We can't hear James. All right, so that uh, piece mm -hmm. of software doesn't work. So I'll have to end this stream. And, um, you know, if we can't get it to work, then uh, we'll just have to do it offline because, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, this uh, piece of software is also a piece of crap. All right. So uh, sorry about this. We'll be back in a sec and we'll give it a try. I want that for my ringtone. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Looks like uh, we're getting better, smoothie, smoother stuff on XSplit this time for no reason whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I've changed nothing, but it stopped shuddering. Oh, man. Because, you know, you don't want anything like that. Like, why would you want non, like, why would you want non-shuddering to be an option? That would just be insane. We're completely mad. But, yeah, it looks like that audio is working nicely. So okay. uh, let me just uh, start this up on Restream. All right, it looks like we are, oh, let me just make sure everything's, yeah, looks like we're back here, oh, no, I'm still muted on mine, let me turn that off, all right, yeah, it looks like we're back here, thanks to your patience, and uh, I saw the nice little line working, which means the system audio is working, so, uh, James, if you want to uh, let us know about the corner, then we will um, go from there. All right, so, we do have a caller tonight you want to check to see no i, I got the line that. is moving now okay all right great so our caller tonight writes uh he'll also by the way go not by anonymous first a little bit of info about me i'm a 31 year old single no kids never married guy i have a degree as an engineer in mechatronics and currently work as a software systems engineer I'm Eastern European born and moved to France in 2011 with my studies to finish my degree. I decided after that to stay and live here. I came from a poverty background and was raised by a single mom widow. I now live a decent average life. Something worth mentioning is that I have a responsibility constraint, not a burden. It's my mother who is older and still in relative okay health. She is soon to be 71 years old. I need help with two related situations for the choices that I have to make. These choices are crucial and related as they will have a major impact on my life and will chain me in one place for a long time, most of my life. The first question would be concerning my mother where I need to make a decision. 
I need to get her to do a decent place to live in because her old house is no longer possible. Her house is degrading, and I really don't like the neighborhood. It's a ghetto, even though some small investment would make it possible to live in that house. It could be okay and spare me alone, and if I get back there, I could live there with her. The first choice would be to stay here in France, get a loan, and buy an apartment in my home country in Eastern Europe for my mom to stay in. Problem with this solution is that I can't really count on her good health. A retirement home there would be at reasonable price with my French salary. The second choice would be to buy something here in France if I decide to stay here forever with more rooms and take my mom in. That would be complicated because if her health worsens, I wouldn't be able to take her to a retirement home here. The second question would be about girls and the wife question. I would like to have kids and find myself a decent, loving, mentally stable, and cute woman. I don't think I can find one here in France, especially where I live in the Paris suburbs. That's why I'm thinking to go to my home country, as it's mostly like a second world country where I think I could find a decent woman and or enjoy more success with women. More traditionally inclined women back there, as they say. Do you think I should go to Eastern Europe with the hope of finding a wife and or have better success with women? What would be a wise decision for long-term happiness? I think the main question is, to stay here abroad in France as it offers better life opportunities and quality of life, or go back to my birth country where I know that life will be harder, but I could possibly get a good girl. One of the major issues that I face here is that I can't really make meaningful friendships or build a solid social circle containing of quality people. I'm also in doubt as a loan would put a big red flag on my head if I want to build a family later and buy a house with my future woman, if I will ever have her. I'm troubled as I don't know how much I should sacrifice for my mother because letting her live alone is like a death sentence for old people. Should I take her in with me even though that would be very constraining on my life? I'm also asking these questions because I would like to do something with my life, something which is more meaningful and also live a good life, money, ladies, friends, relationships. And I think here it's not possible. You know what they say about the West. What do you think about all this? Well, I appreciate your patience. Thank you for uh, joining us. So your mom's 71. How old are you? Uh, hello, Stefan. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Uh, well, I'm 31, as I said. Oh, so your mom has you kind of late, right? She was 40? Yeah, she was 40. Right. And what happened? You said, so if she's a single mom, she can't be a widower. A single mom is a woman who has either been left by her husband or has left the husband or the father of her children. A widow is just an annoying little thing. I just, I don't want single moms riding on the backs of widows who have legitimately suffered uh, through no fault of their own usually, right? Single moms either married the wrong guy or dated the wrong guy or drove away a good guy, right? So there's more choice there, but the widowhood, you know, your dad get hit by a bus, then she is a... Um, Uh, she is uh, well, uh, not that way. Uh, to answer your question, well, uh, the idea is that my father was an alcoholic and he died when I was five. And uh, she had the opportunity to marry, but uh, she didn't. She chose to stay single and uh, raise me and take care of me. Right. So what did your father die of? Uh, alcohol. Oh, so he drank himself to death? Uh, no, he drank too much uh, and uh, he had some 
uh, I don't know the name in English of that organ. He oh, uh, had the organ. Uh, uh, no, it's the one that uh, uh, does insulin. A pancreas? Yeah, yeah. So did he destroy his health through drinking? Yeah, yeah. Boy, not, not, not breaking a lot of Eastern European stereotypes there, but I guess those stereotypes exist for a reason. And so your mom really married a bad provider, a bad husband, bad father, right? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, he was a good guy, but uh, he had this addiction. He couldn't quit for the alcohol. And uh, no, no, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's back up for a second here, right? Yeah. Because you know, for me, it's always countdown to excuses, and the excuses usually come pretty fast and furious, right? So I said your mother married a guy who was a bad husband and a bad father, and he was, right? You can say, well, he had this addiction, he drank too much, or whatever, right? But she still, she knew that about him when she married him. I, I assume that he wasn't like a guy who didn't drink too much and then suddenly became an alcoholic later on, right? So she chose to marry a guy who had a massive drinking problem to the point where he died young, right? Uh, just to interrupt you a little. Uh, no, not really, because uh, it was like an Eastern European communist marriage. She got presented, uh, she, some someone from the family that she trusted presented this guy to, to her, an aunt uh, of her. Oh, so she had, what, she had no choice? It was a forced marriage? Uh, no, no, it was, no, no, it was, it was not a forced uh, marriage. So people said this would be a good guy to marry, and she said okay, and he was an alcoholic, right? Yeah, she discovered later that he was an alcoholic. Discovered later? What, what do you mean? They didn't have any spend mean? any time together before they got married? Uh, yes, yes, uh, yes. But uh, he was not that. He was not drinking that much uh, in the in that period. Well, of course, you don't know, right? I mean, just what your mom's saying, right? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Right. So, listen, you're you're not a dad yet, right? You're only 31. I know you want to be a dad, but let me tell you this. I'll tell you this. It doesn't mean your mom's lying. I'm just saying here's some reason to be skeptical. Is that if you, as a, if you're a parent and you want to give your kids the best chance in life, you have to not make excuses for yourself. But the temptation to make excuses is so big when you're a parent because you have so much power. You need to have authority. You need to be looked on with respect. And so the, the, the temptation to make excuses for yourself and the rewards in the short run for making excuses for yourself is so overwhelming that it's one of the most difficult temptations in the world to resist, which is to make excuses for you. Let me, I'll give you a tiny example, right? A couple of days ago, my daughter and I were playing with a couple of friends on Rocket League, and the other team was beating, it was three versus three, my daughter and I and a friend and then a couple of other friends on the other side. And they were beating us like seven to one and they were still working very hard to score and I found that kind of annoying. 
right? Because like, okay, we get it, you know. <laughs> Our, oh no, we had a bot. We had a bot, and the bot wasn't doing much good at all. And I got annoyed. Now, here's something that is interesting, I think, which is a couple of games down the road, like maybe half hour later, we were up five to one, and I was still trying to score. Interesting point, right? So my my daughter got this instinctively, right? And what she said was, hey, you were annoyed when they were overscoring on us, but now you want to overscore on them. There were a few mitigating circumstances, which I won't even bother getting into here. And my very great temptation was to just make up an excuse on the spot. And what I did was I said, yeah, you know, we'll talk about it. And then afterwards, I sort of thought about it. And I thought, you know what, that's a really good point. Of course, I was annoyed when people were overscoring on me because it seemed like overkill. But then when I was winning, uh, I wanted to overscore on others, right? And, and that's a contradiction, right? It's a lack of empathy, right? Which is that they would be annoyed. Or maybe I was just being petty about not wanting to lose or whatever it was, right? So I didn't make up an excuse. And I'm smart and eloquent enough that I could have made up some plausible excuse that my daughter would have bought at least for the time being or whatever. But I had to say, you know what? It's a great point. I'm supposed to be Mr. Universality. And yet I have a principle here. I don't like being overscored on. But then I was wanting to overscore on another team. That is a contradiction, and I appreciate you bringing that up, right? And that's just a minor example of don't make excuses as a parent. Don't make, your kids will point out things that are a problem for you. And you, of course, miss your dad. You wanted to have a dad. You wanted to have a good dad, and your dad drank himself to death. And you are going to, to some degree, as a child, you're going to hold your mother responsible. Now, to me, and this is like PhD parenting, right? But the, the very top tier of parenting is... You don't make excuses for yourself. And the reason you don't make excuses for yourself, even though it's so tempting, you have such great power to do it, and the immediate rewards are enormous. But you don't do it because it kind of cripples your kids. And if you hold your kids to be responsible when they're, my daughter's 12 and a half now, right? So if I'm going to say at the age of 54, my daughter is responsible, but I'm not, that's no, that makes no sense, right? Because... If I excuse myself, but then have standards for my daughter, that's just an exercise in power. So my particular approach when I'm having conversations with people, I assume, I assume, and, you know, 99 times out of 100, right? But I assume, what the hell is overscoring? Oh, well, so if, if you're winning 7-1 and you're still grinding in more scores, you know, and it's like a friendly game, then it kind of being a douchebag, right? I mean, it's especially when you're scoring against. And it was partly because I didn't, you know, I wanted my daughter to enjoy the game. And if people are like, yeah, we're going to be, it's going to be 10-1 rather than 7-1, you know, it's just, you know, you're playing against the kid, you know, <laughs> maybe ease up a little or whatever, right? So yeah, that's just overscoring. And, you know, it's fine. If you're playing competitively, sure, you know, go for all the scores. But, you know, if you're kind of having a friendly game with a kid, you know, you know, like if you're pretending to box with your kid, you don't deck him, right? So anyway. So I assume that I'm dealing with parental excuses when I first talk to someone, right? And look, your dad grew up in a communist country. Your mom grew up in a communist country. A lot of sympathy for that. I have a lot of sympathy for that. There was suggestions about who she should marry. But, but the idea that, 
So, do you, sorry, do you know how old your parents were when they married? Uh, yes, they were uh, 39, I think. Uh, so, my mother was 39 and uh, uh, my father was 35, I think. Right. So, you know, she had been an adult for over 20 years. She would have dated some other guys. She would have met some other guys. So you kind of presented it to me like it was kind of like an arranged marriage or she was in a communist country. She had, but she'd already spent 20 years not getting married, right? So she already knew how to say no to any potential marriage option, right? So she chose a guy and you say, well, he wasn't a drunk and then he just became a drunk. That's the most common excuse that women have in this world. Sorry, go ahead. Can can I add some something more? Yeah, please. Uh, it's kind of uh, important for for your understanding. So the idea was that she was uh, she was this was her second marriage. She was married the first time. Uh, I don't really know the circumstances, but it was like uh, uh, someone. She was she married another alcoholic, and she divorced him after. Six months or something like this, when she discovered he was uh, uh, like my uh, a little bit like my father. So, she knew how to identify an alcoholic, right? Uh, yes. So then she married and divorced one alcoholic, and then yes, she married yes. another alcoholic, right? I, I I thought about this and I don't know if she married because she was like desperate. She was 39 and she didn't have a, no real man. So I don't know. I don't know what to say. Is she responsible for who she married? Definitely, yes. Okay, good. Because all I got from you, which I assume I'm getting from her through you, is excuses, right? Well, he didn't drink that much. Well, it was kind of like an arranged marriage, blah, 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 right? Like, if, if she's, she's no, going to be 100% responsible for who she chooses to marry, right? Uh, no, no, can, can, uh, I don't know if my idea is uh, expressed clearly. I was thinking that the person who presented my father to her did not uh, did hide this truth about my father. And uh, she, she didn't know. So then she's not responsible for marrying an alcoholic because she didn't know? Uh, no, no, she is, but she's. it was her fault that she didn't uh, investigate more on his character. Um, but it's not 100%. Uh, I, I wouldn't say she was 100% uh, her responsibility. And this is based upon your mother telling you this, right? I mean, do you have independent... Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, so you don't have other people who... So your mother has told you a story that diminishes her responsibility, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, I could say so, yeah. And I'm always skeptical when people tell me stories that diminish their responsibility. I'm, I'm just telling you, I, I'm not telling you how to be, I'm just telling you my perspective. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of people. I mean, I was talking to people about their lives long before I was a public figure, right? So whenever somebody says to me, well, this bad thing happened, but here, here are my excuses. I don't believe them. 
I don't believe them. And with your mom, eh, you know, it's it's if she was eighteen and married off, and yeah, okay, then that's some real. But she was thirty nine, right? <laughs> She'd been married before. She knew what to look for. And also, what she would do is she would say, I mean, if it's an Eastern European country, then probably. There are a lot of people who drink, particularly, you know, you've got to drink away the depression of growing up in a mind-slaughtering communist environment. So she knows that that's a risk. She also married a guy who was an alcoholic before, so she would absolutely want to make sure that he wasn't an alcoholic, right? Now, if he's an alcoholic, alcoholic, he can't hide it. He has to drink, right? I remember, was it last year when they shut down everything in Ontario, but they left the liquor stores open. And I was like, come on, what are you, crazy? Right? And they're like, no, 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 there are like tens of thousands of desperate alcoholics. And if they don't get their alcohol, like they can die. They, they can have delirium tremens. They can have heart attacks. They can, you know, they, they can die from a lack of alcohol. They've become so addicted to it, right? So if this guy was an addict to the point where, what you said, he was 35. So he drank himself to death by the time you were, he was 40, right? I mean, that's an unbelievably committed alcoholic. And so the idea that she would get to know him, date him, consider marrying him, and not notice the degree of his addiction, which is really extreme. And I'm, I'm very sorry for this, of course, right? The fact that you did grow up without a dad. But the idea, and you know, you guys in the chat, please, you know, tell me if I'm, if I'm astray here, right? Um, tell me. But I mean, if you are drinking yourself to death by the time you're 40, I mean, we look at alcoholics who live into their 60s and 70s, and I'm still staggered at how much these people drink. But the idea that you would drink yourself into pancreatic failure and then die at the age of 40, that's a huge and savage amount of drinking. And the idea that your mom just wouldn't have any idea about that when she's 39 years old and has the chance to check him out and all that, I mean, that it, it strikes me as frankly, impossible to believe. And I'm not trying to say this like your mom's some terrible person or anything like that. There's sort of a reason why I'm trying to establish this. But it's hard for me to believe that she wouldn't notice that he had this massive uh, and very soon fatal alcohol problem. Oh, are we still on? I can't hear you if we are. Yeah, 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 we're on. I, I, was, uh, I was thinking, I was trying to find her some excuses, and uh, I know for sure that there was in the family, there was some pressure for her to, uh, like some social pressure to get to be married, uh, to have a family, something like this. Stuff yes, like this. but she'd spent more than 20 years of her life not being married because she was married once for six months, and she'd been an adult at this time for 21 years, right? So she'd spent two decades not so, being married. And, and so the idea that, that she's then really susceptible to this pressure to get married is not, not the case, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, do you know why I'm kind of ha hammering on this point? Hopefully in a friendly manner, but... for me to understand that she's responsible in the choices that she made? Freedom, like responsibility for her is responsibility for you. Freedom for her is freedom for you. In other words, if she was free to not 
get married or free to get married to somebody who wasn't an alcoholic, the fact that she chose an alcoholic is a bad choice. She's responsible for that, which means you're not responsible for her bad choices. And you don't owe her because she made those big mistakes, which cost you even more than they cost her. Right? The fact that she chose a probably suicidal alcoholic to be your father cost you a lot more than it cost her because it conditioned your entire childhood, but she was 39 when she met him, so she'd already had her entire life, and it didn't condition her entire childhood, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, I understand. All right. Now, what steps has she taken over the course of your life to try and establish some community or companionship for herself as she ages? Uh, well, she was a very sociable person with a nice attitude towards uh, the family and the people around her. But uh, I don't come from a good, really good, virtuous uh, family. On uh, except on the on her on her parents' side, so that was kind of complicated for her. So she hasn't remarried, right? Uh, no, no. Is she close to her siblings if she has them? Oh. Yeah, close to her brother and her sister, but they are very old. So one of her sisters is like uh, around 85 and uh, 84. And uh, the brother is uh, 75 or 76. And do you have any siblings? I don't think so, right? Uh, no, I'm a single child. Right. Have you heard of the phenomenon of the single son husband? <laughs> yeah, I've heard of it. Uh... Tell me what your understanding is of the phenomenon, if you don't mind. Uh, well, if my understanding is correct, so um, single moms, they try to create their per the perfect husband into their child. I don't know if it, it's correct. Yeah, so what happens is the attachment that you're supposed to have horizontally, you end up having vert vertically, right? So the, the single mothers are left by men or leave men, and so they can't bond with the men, but they can bond with their son who can't leave. And so all the frustrated and thwarted pair bonding that goes on, supposed to go on between a husband and a wife, ends up going on between the single mother and her only son. And what happens is because there's this expectation that you're going to take care of her and be her companion in her old age, she doesn't form those kinds of horizontal attachments like remarrying or having a very great circle of friends, uh, an extended community or, or something like that because she's got you. And because she's got you, it kind of stalls her out from trying to develop those horizontal relationships and it puts a huge burden upon you. And it generally tends to interfere with your capacity to pair bond horizontally. Because, you know, to get a wife and, and, and to be a father, you need to pair bond with someone your own age. But if you're kind of pair bonded with your mother, 
then that's something that keeps women away because they don't want to compete. They know they can't compete. And no woman wants to get into a relationship where your mother runs the show because she needs to know that you're committed to her because otherwise she's like the third wheel in the relationship with your mom, if that makes any sense. Uh, yeah, I understand, but she doesn't uh, guide my life or she doesn't dictate to me what to do. She gives motherly advice, don't do this, don't do that, like uh, any mother does to her child, but uh, she doesn't... Uh... Sorry, she doesn't what? She, she doesn't she doesn't interfere in my life. She tries, but uh, I don't uh, I don't mind. I do I do my thing. In fact, but why has your thing not been to settle down and get married as yet? If that's what you want, uh, I wanted to wait, get a good financial situation, and uh, I was I was all I'm also in the doubt, as I said in my mail, if I should go back to. Um, to my Eastern European country, or should I choose a woman here? Right. Now, I mean, I, so there's so much propaganda that I was going to do a big rant on this, but I'll keep it short because I did a rant already. But there's a whole lot of propaganda out there in the world designed to make Western women as unappealing as humanly possible to drive depopulation. And uh, that's unfortunately, you know, just make them believe in male treachery and patriarchy and that it's really fantastic to enslave themselves to some boss who uses them as a wage slave, but it's really bad to serve their family and their children because reasons. Anyway, so yeah, there's been a lot that's been done to make women unlovable, uh, that they can't bond, that they're suspicious and, they, and they're cautious. And they're, they're constantly judging whether things are equal and they can't just surrender and commit and be generous and kind and get that reciprocity and they, they can't just dissolve into bonding and love and they're always guarded and guarding and men are going to prey upon them. It's just absolutely wretched what has been done to Western women as a whole. So I completely understand that caution that you have. But the problem is, I think, that, look, if, if you, you, you're, you, your mom had you late, Right. So I'll tell you, I mean, I, I had my daughter late. Right. So I was about the same age as your mom with you um, when I had my my daughter. So I understand that it's a difficult thing. So I'm aware that when my daughter is embarking in young adulthood. Right. So uh, let's see, what have we got here? So 19 years now, let's see, 16 years, I'll be 70, 16 years, she'll be like 23 or whatever, right? So she's going to want to start embarking upon her life. And I'm going to be kind of creaky, right? I'll be 70, which means, you know, there'll be health issues, there'll be teeth issues, they're just stuff, just stuff happens. I always thought I was going to be immune from it because I was just so damn healthy, but it happens, right? So when you are an older parent, you really have to either encourage your kids to have kids young, to get married young, or you have to find some way to have some other relationships so that you're not dependent upon your children for your primary relationships. Because if you are dependent upon your children for your primary relationships, then you're asking that their loyalties be with you rather than with girlfriends. And the other thing too, like you say that your mom 
tell, kind of tells you how to live. And I know you say no to it and all of that. But of course, your mom has virtually no credibility to tell you how to live because she was nine years older than you and she was marrying an alcoholic who died within five years. So the idea that she's going to give you a lot of great advice is really not. And so because you want to help your kids and you, you think you're older and wiser, and hopefully you are, if you primary contact is with your kids as you age, then you are inhibiting their growth because you're constantly trying to tell them what to do and, and guide them and all that, which, you know, if you've been a good parent, they should be guiding themselves by then and you should try to equal uh, more of an equal kind of relationship and so on, right? So, yeah, somebody says, I'm 10 years younger than Stefan. Already, I have grandchildren. Oh, fantastic. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, if it's any consolation, we tried to have kids as soon as we could, but man, it took a, took a while. So, if she is, let, let me ask you this. Again, it's not a good or bad thing. I'm just trying to get a sense of the shape of the land. How often do you uh, have contact with your mother? Uh, in this moment, I do talk a lot uh, with her because she's uh, in a very depressive state, like two hours a day uh, at uh, in, in the afternoon and uh, at 12 a.m. at my lunch break. I call her up to know what how she's doing because uh, now she's lonely and uh, I feel really bad about her. So I have... Uh, I so maybe like two and a half, three hours a day? Yeah, yeah. I could, I could say, yeah. And what do you think of that? Well, it's kind of too much. But uh, I care about her, and I don't really like to see her in this state. And how long has this level of contact been going on? Uh, hmm. Well, I need to give you some more details about uh, her life, so you could uh, so you can understand better. So, in two thousand five. Yeah, 2005, she had some health issue, and uh, since then, the um, the doctors gave her antidepressants, and uh, she's on antidepressants since then. So that's a detail that I wanted to share with you. And uh, in the last year, last year she she had a lymphoma. So uh, lymphoma is a form of cancer, and uh, I think I've started to. Uh, fear that you lie and care more about her since last year if I can be uh, yeah I think uh, it started last year when she had that cancer that I had to help her uh, pass, pass through it and I don't know if I was uh, clear clear why was she put on antidepressants for a health issue Uh, I don't remember exactly. It was something with the ner nervous system that she had with uh, the the spine. But you can't cure health issues with antidepressants. Is is that right? Uh, yes, yes. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do a fast Google search to check. Um, I mean, I think I you can antidepressants. Like, if you're depressed about your illness, I suppose the antidepressants are supposed to help, but. As far as I understand it, the antidepressants, I'm no doctor, I just, antidepressants don't cure particular medical ailments as far as I can tell. So, 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 sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, she, she got a treatment 
and that treatment gave her depression and the doctors put her on these uh, antidepressants also it was a central nervous system issue i don't remember exactly what has happened and she's on these pills she couldn't keep she couldn't uh, stop these pills so she's on these pills since uh, 2005 wow all right all right and then came the issue with uh, the cancer that she had last year so i was uh, i think i was lucky because she was visiting me to spend uh, the winter period because summer uh, winter is uh, warmer here and uh, i think we were lucky because we find if we found the the, the cancer here so i could have, so i could uh, take care of her because if she if she would have had the, that cancer back there i think she would be dead by now so yeah since this event i care a lot about her and i would not uh, want to see something happen to her that's why maybe i'm a little too scared so she came to spend the winter with you can you tell me a bit more about that uh, yeah so the idea is that uh, i took her in with me to uh, during the winter period because winter Mr. Europe, as you know I'm so sorry there's a lot of background noise I can't hear you very well oh, so I think someone tried to speak so winter in Eastern Europe is uh, around minus 10 minus 20 so back here it's around the maximum minus one degree so it's uh, more the winter is more gentle to the bones for old people and uh, old people so it's good in in general, and I also didn't want uh, to didn't want it to leave her to spend the, the uh, Christmas holidays alone. Sorry, how long does she stay with you over the winter? So the idea was to stay uh, for about two, two or three months. Well, and how long did she stay? Well, as I had to take care of her with uh, the cancer treatment, uh, I think she stayed about. To nine months yeah nine months wow and how long have you been doing the two to three hours a day on the phone with her uh, since that period this when when she went back uh, to the home country in I think it's September 2020 yeah so for eight, eight or nine months you've been on the phone with her two to three hours a day uh, yeah, mostly yeah. And has it there solved her? Has, it, it. has this solved her problems? Uh, no, I just I think I, it just helped her a little bit more with uh, the loneliness. But you could also say that it has prevented her from reaching out within her own local community to find people to spend time with, right? Because she has you right well, for two to three hours a day. So why would she find some local community resources that? She can have sort of face-to-face -face stuff with and all. Well, she she tried and um, but did you, how can I? I don't know how to explain this. Uh, she tried, but as I said, I live uh, back there. I lived in a ghetto, so people back there don't have like very intellectual and interesting occupations. So she doesn't have like uh, she couldn't she doesn't have like many connections with people there. And the people who had uh, who she has connections with 
have started now to become older, to have uh, other uh, worries in life and other stuff to do. Well, stuff to do, I mean, they have their own families for some, they have grandchild, grandchildren and uh, uh, some stuff like this. Some have had health issues. Has she encouraged you over the past 10 years or so to get married and have kids? Uh, yes, yes, I could say yes. And how often does that topic come up and she encourages you to settle down? Uh, uh, we didn't talk about this uh, lately from for a long time. I think it was me who talked. Yeah, it was me who talked about uh, this with her when I was uh, when I was telling to her about this possibility uh, about the Easter woman. And what's uh, I don't know if I know the word funnies. Uh, what's uh, interesting is that she tells me that women there are not like uh, like I think. She she kind of pushes me to stay here in a way. Well, kind of tells me. But it's been a while since she's suggested to you the best ways to go about getting... I mean, she did get married and have a kid, right? So, I I mean, you don't want a partner like she had, but... She would have something to say about this, but it doesn't seem like it's a topic that comes up very much. Uh, not not uh, recently, but uh, it it came up. Uh, uh, yeah, it came up a few times. Uh, and she told me, she told me that uh, to get married and not uh, um, and maybe make a compromise with maybe a low quality woman, uh, just not to be lonely. So she pushed me, and because I've rejected uh, a lot of women uh, based on their their character, and uh, she told me that sometime some day in life I should uh, do a compromise and maybe get one of these women, and uh, to do what I can, whatever I can, to not to be uh, alone. What will mostly happen, and what depends. Is she is she aware? Is she aware that? as she consumes three hours of your conversation abilities a day, that that's interfering with your ability to meet women? Like, she's got a need to talk to you, but does she know that talking to you for two hours at night and an hour at lunch or whatever is going on, right? That That's interfering with your ability to go out and, and date, right? Yes. Yes, definitely. I never thought about this. So shouldn't she stop doing that and say, stop talking to your mom and, and go meet a girl? Yeah, but as I said, it, because of her, the loneliness, she... Uh, no, but what about your I loneliness? Don't... Like, I guess she's focusing on her own needs and her own loneliness, but what about yours? Your loneliness is not going to be solved by talking to your mom because she's going to die. Now, her loneliness can be solved because it doesn't sound like she's done much to prepare herself for her old age. And fastening on to her son is unbelievably unfair. I'll just be straight up with you. You can obviously tell me to get lost and hang up or whatever you want. I'll be straight with you, man. It's incredibly unfair to fasten on to your son because you haven't created a husband a community in your own environment. The fact that she's fastening on to you which feeds her 
but starves you. Because you can't really get much of a life going. You can't go out and meet girls if you're hanging on the phone with your depressed mom two hours a night, right? Yep. So I get how it benefits her. But if we're only in relationships where we're focusing on what benefits us and not what truly benefits the other person, then I don't think we're doing a very good job as parents. Her job as a parent is to make sure that you're happy even at her own expense because she had 40 years worth of choices that she made before you even came along. So she is infinitely more responsible for her life than you are. In fact, you're barely responsible for her life because you didn't choose to be in her life and you didn't make those kinds of choices and you haven't made the choices that she made since you were born. That Those are her choices. So she, it seems to me, has failed to prepare for her old age. She married the wrong guy. She didn't get remarried. She didn't develop a social circle. She just calls her son for three hours a day. Now, that is selfish to the point of being vampiric, in my humble opinion, because it's eating up your future at your expense. And parents have that kind of power. And I really, really straight up dislike parents who feed their loneliness with their kids at the expense of those kids' future. That's unfair. It's greedy. It's selfish. It's destructive. And I don't have any sympathy. I don't. I don't have any sympathy. There's a whole world out there of connections that you can make. There's, you know, she can talk to you for hours a day. She can talk to anyone for hours a day. If she can't find someone locally, she can move. If she can't find someone in the country, she can talk to people online. There's lots of things that she can do to build up any kind of even virtual community because it's all she's got with you. A virtual community, there's lots of things she could do. But, she, I mean, if my daughter's 31 and unmarried and calling me three hours a day, like, no thanks. No, 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 no. You, you go. You go and date. You go and have a life. Don't get swirled up in my crypt keeper vortex, right? Don't, don't get swirled up in my aged life. Go have the life that I took when I was your age. Because, oh, come on, I mean, look, let, let's say you meet some, some woman tomorrow, right? Some woman at work, some woman on the subway, doesn't matter. You meet some woman, right? And then she says, uh, you, you go for a date, and she says, oh, oh, what did you do yesterday? Are you going to say to her, I spent three hours on the phone with my mom? Yeah, no, no way. No, why not? It means you care, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, but uh, it can be interpreted as uh, mommy issues, and I think uh, I do have a little because I care too much. Uh, I think I care too much about my mother. Well, see, the moment you phrase it as care too much, you can't change it. What's wrong with caring too much? Do I care too much about my daughter or my wife or philosophy? I don't even know what that means. Do I care too much about being healthy? Do I care too much about brushing my teeth? I don't know. Like, what does it mean, care too much? The way, that, the way that that's phrased is, is doom in a bag. Because if you care too much, if you're just so big and caring and big-hearted and warm and empathetic, why would you want to fix that? That's not something you can fix. 
So maybe that's not the right way to put it. Maybe it is. I have my doubts, but maybe that's not the right way to put it. Maybe that's not an accurate way to put it. Um, I was thinking about when I'm going to go there in the summer to do my the renovations that I want to do to the house, to build her a nice house. And so she has a good uh, living conditions. And uh, then I could to do more with my life, get back on, on track with my life. You mean... So after this summer, after you go and build her house or fix her house, then you can have a life? Uh, well, this is the uh, way that I've thought about this. And I think it's the most reasonable way because, as I said, I care about her and I want her to have a good life also. Okay. Uh, so tell me what you love about her. What what are her virtues that you love? Well, she was a she was a very religious woman. She was mostly the she was a kind, caring. Uh, mostly, I don't know how to say this. She was, she was mostly authentic, uh, but sometimes she kind of taught me how to lie. Um, and uh, good caring, don't she took care of me, so I want to pay her back for for this. No, no, sorry, that's no, 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 that's not what kids do. No, ki kids, kids don't owe their parents take care of them in their old age. They don't because the parents chose to have the children. The children did not choose to have the parents. Right, the children did not choose to, and that doesn't mean that you can't or shouldn't. I mean, if you want to, perfectly fine, but it's not a moral obligation. Right. I mean, it's not a moral obligation because your mother chose to have you and you also grew up without a dad, which meant that you didn't have a masculine influence and you need a masculine influence in your life to stand between you and your mother's needs. Because when you're the single child of a single mother, your mother's needs are a gravity well you simply cannot fight if you don't have a masculine presence to stand between you and the black hole of your mother's needs. And this is true no matter how virtuous your mother, this is true, no matter how wonderful your mother is, if you don't have a father to stand between you and your mother's needs, you're going to get sucked in. And you're going to end up serving her. Does the presence of my uncles uh, count? No. Because they no, were... It has to be, it has to be in uh, the family. Now, if your and the reason I know it doesn't matter is that she didn't go and stay with your uncles. And your uncles aren't going to fix her house, right? Mm -hmm. okay. Right? So if, if, she ha if she was married, it would be her husband who was taking care of this stuff. And let's say her husband was too old to take care of fixing the house, and the husband would hire a handyman to fix the house and this kind of stuff, right? So there is no masculine presence to stand between you and your mother's needs. And... I think that's why you're calling me, but that's what I'm sort of trying to do here, right? Establish that he has responsibility. Establish that you do not owe her in an existential manner because she chose to have a kid. And also, she chose a father who destroyed himself before you were a, barely a toddler. And that's, that's, a bad, that's a bad decision. It's a terrible thing to do. It's a terrible decision. And she also is not restraining her own greed 
for your time, attention, and company. But she is consuming, she's devouring your time and your life. And that is not, look, it's one thing if, if you have a wife and you have kids, and then maybe she can come and help out with the kids and help with the cooking, or what, I don't know, help with the household. There's things that you can do where your mom is a great addition to your life, and I'm a big fan if you've got great grandparents or good grandparents, I'm a big fan of them being in the kid's life. Statistically, it's very good for the kids. So it's one, if your life is, has already started and is underway and she can come and help out with your life, and you put her up and you take care of her and she takes care of you and there's mutual exchange of value and your life is already underway. That's one thing, man. But she's sucking you dry at the moment and your life isn't, get, isn't starting. That's not right. That's not right at all. She should be sitting there saying, what is the best thing for my son? What, not, not what do I want, what do I need as an old, lonely woman. What is the best thing for my son? And I don't know where she's processing that. Because it's not good for you to be on the phone with a depressed old woman for three hours a day. That, that makes you about as charismatic as a soap dish. It makes you about as energetic and romance-oriented as a teddy bear. She should be focused solely on making sure you're settled and that you have everything you need to have a great life before she ages out and dies. That should be her sole focus. And right now, that's not her sole focus. Her sole focus is trying to fill the loneliness of her own bad decisions, which you have nothing to do with, by consuming your life and your possibilities. In my opinion, again, if you were saying, like, you know, oh my God, I've got... You know, I've got three kids. My wife's overwhelmed. My, my mother is really offering to come and help out. And I'd be like, hey, fantastic, right? Then she's helping you facilitate the progress of your life. But she's standing between you and a wife. She's standing between you and being a father. Because she has her needs and she's just greedily using up your life to backfill her own mistakes. That's not, that's not what parents are supposed to do. Parents are supposed to focus on what is absolutely best for the child. And what she should be doing is saying, oh my God, yeah, I love talking with my son, but I, it's not helping him get ahead. I need to develop my own contacts. I need to recognize that it's not my son's fault that I married the wrong guy. It's not my, my son's fault that I never got remarried. It's not my son's fault that I didn't create a good social circle in my environment. It's not my son's fault. I can't. I can't fill in the holes of my own bad decisions with my son's future. Because you don't sound happy to me. And I think it's partly because it's a lot easier to focus on your mom's needs than it is to withdraw from that and focus on your own needs. And that's the, the lack of quality parenting that I see in my humble opinion. Is that she's created a situation where it's almost unthinkable for you to focus on your own life rather than what your mother needs. And it's like, yeah, she's old. Yeah, she's unwell. Guess what? We know we get old and unwell. We know we get old and unwell. So we got a plan for that. We got a plan to have good contacts. We got a plan to stay married. We got a plan to choose the right people to be in our lives. We got a plan to have a social circle because we're going to get old. 
What's not a plan is to fasten onto your son and consume his future. That's not a plan. That's not a good plan. That's not a fair plan. And the idea that, well, you know, I'll just wait another couple of years and there'll always be something else. There'll always be something she needs. She's going to be unhappy. She's going to be needing you. That's always going to be the case. And she has a big, giant lever called get resources from my son. Every time she pulls it, you're going to show up because you've told yourself it's a virtue. Why is it a virtue? Your life hasn't started, as far as I can tell. I mean, professionally, you're doing okay. When was the last time? you had a relationship with a woman. Like, I don't mean like a date, like a relationship relationship. A relationship, I think it's uh, 2019, yeah. And how long did that last for? And what happened? Hello, can you hear me? Uh, yes, um... How long did that relationship last, and how? What happened at the end? Well, it uh, it lasted a few months because uh, the girl that I was dating, I started to find uh, that she was uh, she was consuming uh, substances and other stuff. Oh, so she was an addict like your dad? Uh, a little to alcohol, and uh, she was starting to take. Uh, she was taking the coke. I discovered okay, okay. that she was taking coke, she had bad entourage, uh, bad entourage. Uh, uh, yeah, you understand, I hope. So if there's one thing that your mother should have taught you, it's how to recognize an addict, right? Because your mom knows yeah. that. Yeah, she married two of them, right? Yeah, she, she, she told me about, uh, about this. Uh, and I also discussed this uh, side this part this part about uh, my relationship re relationships with her because it uh, i saw that that keeps her like alive she, she that makes her um she she feels like a part of uh, my life i don't know if i'm well it's called living vicariously living through yeah. somebody else's life now what about before 2019 the re a relationship before that Well, the most significant ones I had, uh, I had this uh, one girl, she, I was uh, with her about one year and a half, but she was older and uh, I, I've, I've sensed it that uh, I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't very knowledgeable back then. So I sensed that she was with me because she wanted someone stable and uh, a good guy, a nice guy. And sorry, you know how old I'm were you? About. How old were you and how old was she when you met? Uh, I was 27, and uh, she was uh, nine years older than me. She was uh, 36, soon 36. And what did your mother say about this? Um, well, to sum it up, to, re to uh, if she's a good girl, why not? But that's terrible advice. Absolutely terrible advice. Does she know you want kids? Uh, yes, yes, yes. So what the fuck would she be doing telling you at the age of 27 to get involved with a 36-year-old woman if you want kids? What am I missing here? Would you, would you say that to your own son? 
oh, I really want kids, so I'm going to start dating a woman who's 36, just to see if maybe it works out. What, what sense does that make? She's right at the, well, she's close to the end of her runway. And especially if you want, let's say you want two or three kids, not going to happen if the woman's 36. It's not going to happen functionally. Unless you get married three months after meeting, right? So what the hell is she telling you? Give it a shot. If she knows you want a couple of kids and this woman is nine years older than you and you're in your late 20s. Yeah, you're right. Well, I thought, uh, yeah, so her advice was mostly like, if she's a good person, I'm trying to sum it up. If she's a good person, then why not? Hard, the good people are hard to find. I think that's the, the major idea. Okay, your mom is not stupid, right? Uh, yes. So she knows that there's a fertility drop-off in the mid to late 30s, right, for a woman. Uh, yeah, yeah. She knows you want kids. How much time, attention, and energy is she putting into really focusing on helping you get what you want in life? What happened at the end of this relationship? You went out for a year and a half, so she was 37 and a half when you broke up or something like that, maybe 38 or whatever, right? And why did it end? Uh, because I didn't, uh, I didn't want it to be with her. I wanted to try something else. Well, and that's not I, much of an answer. This, uh, Why did it end yeah. in particular? You you liked her enough to go out for a year and a half. What happened at the end? Well, I felt that it's time to take a decision, and uh, the decision was that I wasn't feeling uh, that this is the person that I want to spend my my life with. So. You were pretty bad for her, right? Uh, yes. Because you took maybe the last two years of her fertility window and didn't give her kids, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm totally responsible about this. I'm sorry, say again? Uh, yeah, yeah, I feel really responsible for all of this, yeah. Did your mom ever express any concerns about that? Like if you're not going to commit to the girl and she wants to have kids, you've got to do the honorable thing and break up with her because she's running out of eggs, right? Well, when I was talking uh, about this with her, she was telling that uh, maybe I should have a second thought and uh, uh, stay with her, even though I did not uh, want to do this. No, but in the year and a half that you were dating her, did your mother call you to say, okay, where are you in terms of commitment? Because, you know, this woman's getting older, and if you want to have kids, you've got to make that decision right now. Uh, yeah, no, no, we didn't talk about this. No. So tell me more about these wonderful qualities of your mother that you love. Because she's willing to burn up this woman's chance of having a family. I don't know why. I don't know why she wouldn't think about that or why she wouldn't care about it. She herself was an older mom. She knows how difficult it can be. 
why wouldn't she have any compassion or empathy for this woman that you may have taken her family from her by not committing to her after a year and a half when she's in her late 30s? Uh, well, yes. You, you said are, she's caring and thoughtful, like, right? I don't. I don't see it. And this is obvious stuff. This isn't knowing Kierkegaard in the original. This is obvious stuff. You do not dick around with a woman in her late thirties. You do not do that, even mid thirties. You do not do that. And you and your mom are both like, yeah, let's just keep cruising along. Let's see how it goes. She's a nice person. Nice people are rare. Did she express any regret? Like when you broke up with her? Like, oh, well, she said, oh, maybe you should stay with her or whatever, right? But wasn't she like, this is something you should check all the, long, all the way along, right? Knowing that the time is ticking for this woman, right? Clock is ticking. Well, well, the only advice that she gave me that was uh, was that I shouldn't um, uh, break up uh, in a novel manner that I did with her, and should have kept uh, contact just to be be friends. This is the only advice I know. It's also good. Wait, your mother right said now, that it, you should stay yeah, friends yeah. with your ex. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did she stay friends with As her I first said, husband? Uh, no, no, you're right. What the fuck is she talking about? And and what was so bad about uh, the breakup? No, but... uh, well, she, as you said, uh, she, the this girl that I dated, she didn't react uh, when I broke up with her. She didn't react to that. Uh, um, let's say. Um, uh, mature about this and uh, listening to you now I realize that uh, she was a little justified well she was justified uh, to be uh, wait did you uh, did you hateful. hang on so when you were dating with her were you dating her with some sort of goal of of getting married and starting a family uh no no I was just wanted to have a girlfriend and uh, I was uh, dating her and did she say that she might want to get married and have a family? Uh, no, no. She never said that. Uh, not that I recall uh, right now. When you broke up with her, was she upset in part because she might want to get married and have a family? I I don't know. I don't well, know. You, well, what was what, what? Why was she so angry? You said it was something to do with the fact that she was wanted to get married and have a family. So I'm a little confused now. You said now you understand why she was mad when you broke up with her, but that didn't come up when you broke up with her. I think I think it was more of, of a resentment because I didn't want to continue with her, to continue to date her, to stay with her. And was there anything in particular why you didn't want to continue with her? Uh, well, it was the, the age gap 
and uh, I wanted to experience more. Well, the age gap you knew about from the beginning, so that's not a good reason. What What do you mean you wanted to experience more? Date other girls. Well, okay, but what changed? Because you went into a committed relationship with her, knowing the age gap and knowing that it was going to be monogamous, so what changed that you broke up with her? Uh, as, as I said, I didn't... Uh... I didn't feel that she was the girl for me, and I also no, wanted that does, to experience. But, okay, that's <laughs> that doesn't mean anything, right? I mean, why was she not the girl? She was the girl for you for a year and a half, and then she wasn't. So what changed? I'm not saying it was a bad idea to break up with her. I have no idea, right? I'm just something changes, right? If you're with someone and then you don't want to be with them, something has changed. Did you meet another girl you liked more? Did you like? Did she start pressuring you for marriage? Did like what changed? Uh, uh, as I said, I wanted I wanted to to meet other girls and uh, explore my possibilities, and uh, also I wanted to. Uh, I, I it started to get uh, serious, more serious, and then I wanted to see. For me, it was not okay. I wanted to see other girls. So, wait, you mean she was starting to talk about marriage or some sort of commitment? Uh, yeah, some some sort of more of a. Yeah, to like deepen our relationship, she was thinking about presenting me to her parents. Ah, uh, so the moment a commitment came along, you bolted. A long-term commitment, because when I was with her, I was uh, in a commitment. Well, yeah, of course, a long-term commitment. I mean, if she wants to have kids, you need a long-term commitment, because kids take 20 years to raise, right? Of course, you need that long-term commitment, right? So the moment uh, yeah. that she the moment that she wanted a commitment from you, you dumped her. Uh, unfortunately, yes. Well, it's not an unfortunate thing. That's a choice you made, right? Did you talk over dumping uh, yes. did you talk over dumping the woman with your mom before you did it? Uh, yeah, I talked uh, with her about this. And what did your mom say? I don't remember a lot. Well, did she think it was a good or bad idea for you to dump this woman the moment that she wanted an actual commitment, which after a year and a half is not not unreasonable. It was totally reasonable after six months. In fact, when the first date I went on with my wife, she's like, hey, you know, I'm interested in a long-term committed relationship. And if you're not, you know, keep walking. Uh, I think she was mostly on the bad side that I'm doing a bad decision. Sorry, she was mostly on the bad side? I don't know what that means. Uh, uh, she thought that I'm doing, a, I'm taking a bad decision. Oh, that you should stay with the girl? Uh, yes. So if you care about your mother... And she's telling you with her experience and her wisdom and her caring and her knowledge that you're making a bad decision. I'm not saying you have to do everything that your mom said, but I assume that that had a lot of weight for you, right? Like that that, that really meant something to you and that probably put the brakes on you wanting to break up, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I, 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 I got hurt a little about this, but as I said, I was very, uh, how can I say this? I wasn't very thoughtful. I was thinking mostly, I was mostly selfish and thinking about uh, me and experiencing uh, with other women. And that's my exact point, my friend. Can you see that pattern? I'm talking about your mom being selfish and using you, and then you were selfish and used this woman. Do you, do you see where you're getting it from or the influence it has over your life? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. All right. So I'm out of things to say because I'm the only one who seems to care about your life. Like you're just kind of bumping along in this conversation like a helium balloon I'm dragging along behind me. So um, I don't know that you want to change anything. I don't know that you're interested in any particular kind of feedback. And I'm not trying to be mad. I'm just I'm just telling you my sort of experience that I'm, uh, I, I think I've got enough illumination, but... You don't seem particularly interested in the conversation, so I certainly don't want to inflict any philosophy on you. So I'm not really sure what to uh, what to say from here. Uh, no, no, no. I'm very interested. Uh, it's just that I you make me think uh, about these things in another manner. So I'm taking my time to to think about it. That's why I, I called you. I wanted to have your opinion and uh, to give you the details. And uh, also, I want to, yeah, it's it's mostly, I think it's mostly a combination of philosoph philosophy with uh, should I take care of uh, my mother and what is the level of sacrifice that I have to take. And uh, next, it should I, maybe I should go back to my Eastern European country for uh, the wife question, as I said in my mail. Well, but... Tell me the virtues that Sorry. you have. Tell me the virtues that you possess that would be very attractive to a very high-quality woman, a very good woman, a very competent woman, a very moral woman, a very strong woman. What are the qualities that you would bring to the table that she would just want to have you for the rest of time? I'm loyal. I'm hardworking, uh, authentic. I... I'm mostly, most of the time, let's see, 95% of the time, I'm honest. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm what did you mean uh, earlier when you said your mom taught you how to lie? Yeah. Well, well, when I was seeing her telling some small lies and stuff like this, I was asking her, why Why is she telling these lies? Why is she, isn't she being uh, uh, truthful? And she said that uh, sometimes we need to lie to um, protect ourselves or be more diplomatic. Okay, so uh, hardworking, you said loyal, but loyal is a very neutral term, right? You can be loyal to a, an evil criminal gang, yeah. like loyal doesn't, you know, doesn't mean anything other than consistency in a relationship, which could be bad or good. Hardworking, well, you know, that's, I get that's useful and you, ha you have resources and, and all of that. Uh, you said 95% of the time you tell the truth, but here's the thing that your unconscious, your, your, your lack of self-knowledge is, is fairly robust <laughs> and therefore it's hard to even know whether you're telling the truth because I'm not sure that you know because you're not skeptical enough, right? So you're like, oh, my mother's got all these great qualities. And it's like, well, you know, when we start digging in, then I don't really see them. And um, you were saying that, uh, you know, your mom was kind of like a victim in this relationship with your dad who drank himself to death when he was 40. 
And you don't really have any confirmation of that, uh, just what your mom said, and, and you kind of swallowed up by your mom's excuses for her own life. And so I'm not saying that you're lying, but as far as telling the truth goes, telling the truth requires a lot of introspection and a lot of skepticism about what people tell you, right? I mean, if, if I took everything that you said at face value, our conversation wouldn't have gone anywhere. In fact, you're only getting value out of this conversation with me because I'm radically skeptical about what people say, not because I think you're lying, but just because self-knowledge is a hard thing to achieve, and you're a young man and relatively young man and all that, right? So um, as far as you, you know, blithely saying, well, I mostly tell the truth, you don't know. You don't know that. You got to have the humility to know that there's a lot about your life you're not aware of yet. There's a lot about you. You grew up with, it seems to me, a pretty devouring single mother and a father who drank himself to death, which is incredibly traumatic for the entire system and situation, and then a mom who kind of glommed onto you and is participating in, in you kind of half-wrecking women's lives and so on, right? So as far as you say, well, 95% of the time I tell the truth, I would invite you to a space of humility. I invite everyone to a space of humility. Like, how do you know? How do you know what the truth is? That's, a, that's a, an epistemological question. How do you know what the truth is about your mom's history? You don't know. How do you know how much your mom is responsible for who she chose? Would you just give me a bunch of glib answers, which I understand. You know, it's what you've been told and, and what you've accepted or what you've had to accept to maintain this relationship. But you don't, you don't know. You don't even seem to know why you broke up with this girl. So as far as you say, well, 95% of the time I tell the truth, I would invite you to be more skeptical of that because only through skepticism do we ever even get remotely close to the truth. So if you peg yourself at 95%, when a lot of what you've told me, not because you're lying to me, but just because you don't know enough, is not particularly true or clear or honest, I, I'll give you the hard working. <laughs> not necessarily in this conversation, but I'll give you the hard working. Uh, what else? So you've got loyal, which is kind of neutral. You've got I tell the truth the most of the time, which is a statement of vanity more than accuracy. Um, I'll give you hard working. What else have you got? Uh, I consider myself uh, pretty empathetic. Uh, and uh, even we were talking about that girl that I broke up with, the, the older one. Uh, I felt I felt uh, bad, uh, really bad about uh, what I have done. And I've thought about uh, about this, and uh, yeah. Wait, I, I thought really that uh, you yeah. didn't really make the connection with the childbearing stuff until you were talking to me. The the childbearing. Yeah, that 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 you kind of burned up her remaining childbearing yeah. years, but you, I don't think you made that connection until you and I were talking, right? Uh, no, as a. Uh, I, 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 um, as you say, I know that women uh, take your relationships seriously, more seriously than us men. And uh, I kind of took it, uh, okay, I have a relationship, I'm in a commitment, uh, I have a girlfriend, I can have fun, it's okay. I took it more uh, like this. So uh, when I broke up with her, I realized that I kind of did some damage on her. Okay. So you, you're putting yourself up as empathetic. What else have you got? I consider for myself uh, kind. And caring. And how would that be defined in your life? Because, you know, there's caring for others and then there's caring for yourself. 
you know, again, I understand how you being on the phone three hours a day and putting your mom up for nine months is beneficial to her and uh, all of that. Uh, the, the phone thing in particular, do, do, you, do you have self-care? Do you sort of care for yourself? Do you make sure that your needs are met in relationships? Uh, yes, most of the time, yes. Okay. Well, listen, it sounds like you've got a lot to offer a woman, and uh, I don't have anything else other than to wish you the very best of luck uh, going forward. It sounds like you've got it going on, and, and I'm sure, you know, if, if these things all turn out to be true, I have some doubts, but, you know, I've already expressed those, right? If these things all turn out to be true, then, I mean, you'll have to beat off great women with a stick, right? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm perfect. Uh, these are... Well, uh, these are causes I can I can screw up. To, and that's not. Uh, uh, I don't consider myself as the perfect man. Uh, no, no, I, I get no. But if you if you have these qualities, right? That you're caring and empathetic and hardworking and loyal and so on, then you know wherever you go, you will find quality women. It is, of course, a little bit of a mystery as to why quality women haven't snapped you up yet, right? You understand, you're 31 years old, which means you've been an adult for 13 years, right? So it is a little bit of a mystery. If you do possess all of these qualities, why a good woman hasn't set her sights on you and snapped you up yet? Why you've been with women who put up with being dragged along the last fertility window for a year and a half and why you're with a woman who does, who's an alcoholic and a cocaine addict? Like it, it is, of course, a little bit of a mystery. But if it's, a, if it's only a mystery for me, but not a mystery for you, then it doesn't really matter, right? So if you have these great qualities then, you know, there is that question of why, as an adult, you haven't uh, been snapped up by a good woman. But, um, you know, I guess that's going to remain one of life's uh, sweet mysteries because um, you, you seem that, you know, I've, I've sort of tried to put, put out the question whether or not you spending three hours a day on the phone with your mom is actually caring for her or for you. But clearly that hasn't landed because you still think you're a caring and empathetic person. And I've sort of pointed out that your mom is exploiting the deference that you have for her needs, which I think she's overused. But you still recharacterize that as you being a caring and, and kind person. So um, it could be, of course, that I'm entirely incorrect and that you have all of these great qualities and that my assessment of these great qualities, so, or, or so my questions about these great qualities, is incorrect, right? And uh, that I, I'm, I've missed the mark, and uh, I, uh, I have uh, um, not assessed things correctly. Perfectly, perfectly possible, and <laughs> as you say, none of us is perfect. So yeah, I, I really appreciate the call. I certainly wish you that. I can certainly can't tell you where to go to get a great woman, because again, if you have all these qualities, a great woman will find you no matter what. But yeah, I really do appreciate everyone's time. Thank you so much for the caller and thank you so much to everyone for dropping by. I know we had a couple of tech issues, but we'll certainly find a way to... Uh, uh, they seem to have settled down. So maybe the, uh, the tech curses that occasionally land and cluster around the show are taking a mild hiatus. And uh, yeah, thanks everyone so much. Freedomain.com forward slash donate if you would like to help out the show. Freedomain.com forward slash donate. I will keep you posted about the OnlyFans stuff and... and don't forget, freedomain.locals.com. You can uh, support me there. You can also support me at uh, unauthorized.tv. Thanks, everyone, for a great uh, evening and uh, a great pleasure, as always, to uh, chat with y'all. Thank you very much. Yeah, have a great night. I will, uh, uh, I will talk to you guys soon. Lots of love. Take care. Bye.